What's up, everyone? This is a Major Motion Podcast, episode 10, officially in the double digits. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at Nationals Ace. He is Fox. You can follow him on Twitter at Fox Film Fanatic. And we are doing Cop Shop today. I know last week we intended to do Card Counter, but it was very limited release. I mean, we live in a, a highly populated area with a lot of movie theaters around and it wasn't even necessarily near us so we had to pivot we pivoted to cop shop uh, something widely available but also kind of something that was flying under the radar which wasn't entirely uh you know a bad movie uh unlike last week so uh <laughs> we you know pivoted and i think it was a pretty good pivot so hopefully you guys got the the message you if you don't already, you should follow us on, on social media on Twitter at Major Motion Cast, because uh, that's where we posted that update and all updates, all trailers, all that good stuff. But uh, Fox, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm just over here making uh, malignant memes yeah, so f- to share with you. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's fitting because the whole damn movie is a joke. So it, it's very it's fitting laughable. It's yes. Me. But yeah, only if you get it, it's laughable. <laughs> I mean, it just is so dumb. I think people enjoyed it, though. I think people in not the movie, God, no, but the, the episode, our episode, Talking Malignant. I think yeah, people, I think, yeah, I think I people enjoyed me bearing you. Uh, that, that, that's a, <laughs> I think people enjoyed you not getting it, but that's fun, too. <laughs> I mean, you, you're you just saying that because it's from Joker. That That's like your joke. You, you're I'm one. saying it's it your, because one, I, think, one I think you just didn't get it. All right, this isn't our malignant episode. <laughs> We've been there, done that, never going back to that shit. This is our cop shop episode. But we get asked this question. I don't know about you, Fox, but I get asked this question from time to time. It's like, oh, are you going to talk shows? Are you going to talk uh, TV? Yeah. Same. Um, you know, it's not necessarily that we're opposed to it, but we are movie fans. Part of this um, inception for the conception, inception, the idea for this podcast. I saw I was right. <laughs> yeah. Part of this inception for this podcast was to promote movies. And, you know, not that we can change the world overnight, but also draw people back to movie theaters. Because uh, even though you and I are both regal guys, but we don't like to see any theaters struggling. And obviously, due to the pandemic, uh, there was some large concern for all the theaters, not just. Uh, you know, AMC was the most notable because obviously yeah. they're they're a behemoth uh, in the industry, and they were on the brink of bankruptcy. I don't even know how they're doing now, to be quite frank with you. But um, I know I got stocks in AMC, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that and uh, what else? Blockbuster, GameStop, Dogecoin, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, so so we wanted to bring attention to movies primarily, but it's not necessarily that we're opposed to TV. It's just. Obviously, there's much more to t- TV to cover than there are movies, and we're only two guys with jobs and lives. So, yeah, even though we are big time movie guys, uh, you know, we uh, wanted to to do this. But obviously, the Emmys were this weekend, so that's kind of what our opening scene is going to be. Um, there's a lot of it's maybe the just because I've paid more attention to the Emmys this year. I didn't watch all of it. Like I I clicked back and forth, but it seemed to be more fanfare. And maybe that's just because coming sort of out of the pandemic, obviously we're still in it. There's still a concern, but 
uh, you know, having the Emmys in person again and whatnot, it seemed like there was a lot more attention. I think for me personally, WandaVision and Mandalorian being like in heavily involved in the nomination and the presence at the Emmys was definitely exciting. Um, did you have any takeaways from the Emmys as a whole? I'll go through some of the notable winners and snubs and whatnot here in a second, but did you watch the Emmys? Did you have any notable takeaways or anything like that? Yeah, no, I actually barely watched the Emmys. I know I saw uh, Jason Sudeikis win for Ted Lasso. Yep. But that was probably like the biggest award moment that I caught on 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 TV at the times, but I didn't really follow up. I didn't even check to see who, who were the big winners were, but I did, I, I did know that pretty much all the popular shows or the shows that are uh, doing well really right now are, were the ones that racked up all the awards or most of the awards. And I'm still waiting for uh, my man, Anthony Anderson to pull up with the, with the Emmy win, but yeah. <laughs> cause he's been nominated for like 10 times. So it's like every year, it's just, it feels it sucks like for him. <laughs> it feels like blackish. Cause that's what he was nominated for. Yeah, for those nominated. who don't know, um, it feels like it, it deserves one. Granted, the uh, competition was tough. Yeah, it's Ted always La- tough. Like, there, there are certainly times where one show, one movie, one whatever is mm-hmm. kind of a an award uh, product. Like, right. the, um, I, I just think back to <laughs> uh, the Grammys. Grammy, granted, different award show, but J. Cole getting snubbed in favor of Macklemore is just yeah. like <laughs> it, that, that's just sometimes how these go. Right? And we, you can go down that that long dive uh, with you know white people in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. that's not what I, uh, I'm necessarily trying to talk about. But uh, with Tad Lasso, it, I watch like I've been watching. It's a very very good show, and. I think part of that is how big of a, I guess, cultural impact does it have? Yeah. Or, or um, you know, how big is it on social media? Are people talking about it after yeah. every episode? Uh, and, and I think Ted Lasso definitely is. So it wasn't surprising to me. Like the Kaminsky method has been nominated for years now. And that yeah. has Michael Douglas in it. So it's not like just some low budget, no name project that Netflix does. But at the same time, who the hell is watching the Kaminsky method? (laughs) So like if that one, well, then you can definitely make that argument, but Ted Lasso winning, I don't think was just Hollywood being Hollywood again. I I, I do think Ted Lasso uh, was deserving. And I also like these streaming platforms getting uh, award recognition because I want to see more of these projects come out on streaming platforms and, and whatnot. Um, not that I want like cable networks to die or anything because obviously Blackish is an ABC show, but yeah. uh, it, it's just nice to see these um, the streaming platforms get recognition because then they'll you know reinvest some money into it and whatnot and, and focus on it so we get more great stuff. Because Ted Lasso was kind of created as a joke. It was created a um, you know, basically based on a commercial, right? And, and they kind of expand on it. And now it's a phenomenal show. I I, I love it. Yeah, I still have to uh, watch it. I got to catch up. It's it's absolutely one of my favorites. I mean, I'm a sucker for anything coaching related. I've said that on this, yeah. on this podcast before, <laughs> but yeah, you know, said Jason Sudeikis is absolutely phenomenal in it. I I really think you would like it. So, um, highly recommend Ted Lasso to anyone who hasn't seen it. But yeah. Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Uh, Ted Lasso won 
the category for outstanding comedy series as well. Um, the the Crown, the Queen's Gambit was the big winner. WandaVision was nominated a couple times. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany were both nominated for leads in, uh, I think they call it like a limited series or whatever. Yeah. Neither of them won, unfortunately. Uh, it was kind of disappointing to see WandaVision so represented as, in terms of nomination, but come up empty. Uh, like that happens. I mean, cue the, uh, who is it? Glenn Close that yeah. has like a million and, and never won. Yeah. So it, it, it stinks, but you know, I, I have, so uh, Paul Bettany lost to Ewan McGregor for Halston. Never heard of it. Okay. Never seen it. Don't know. I mean, but he was going up against Hugh Grant in the undoing, which I still haven't seen, but I heard it's really good. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton. So it was a very stacked category. Okay, yeah. And then Elizabeth Olsen lost to Kate Winslet Kate Winslet and Mayor of Easttown, which I heard is really good as well, but I haven't yeah. watched it. That cleaned up at the Oscars. I think Evan Peters won for supporting actor uh, in, in that. Um, but that category was Michaela uh, Cole for I May Destroy You, Cynthia uh, Revo for Genius Aretha, and then Anya Taylor-Joy for Queen's Game. So again, another stacked um, category for that as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not... I don't watch all these shows. That's just like a lot of commitment. So, you know, some of them that want, like, I haven't watched the crown. I'm never going to watch the crown. That's a period piece. Talked about that. Yeah. Same thing with <laughs> Queens Gambit. It can be the best show ever. I'm probably never going to watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good to see Ted Lasso. It, it swept supporting actor and supporting actress in a comedy series. So it, it's, you know, getting the recognition and, that backs up kind of the public opinion of the show as well. But then you get the, the, I don't want to say snobby, but the crown and the queen's gambit is like the Emmy product that I was talking about. Those are two shows that are like, Oh, Hey, Emmys look at me kind of thing. Yeah. Not that they're not good or there weren't good performances or on their undeserving, but it's kind of expected is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I mean, that was (laughs) Emmys talk. Uh, but I kind of wanted to segue this into um, just what shows we're watching in general, because this is just timely. We're talking shows. Uh, we've seen some of these shows. We haven't seen some other ones. But uh, are you watching anything right now? Any shows? Any any? Uh, yeah, I'm watching. Um, I just started this a few days ago. Clickbait. Have you heard of clickbait? I've heard of it. Uh, don't know too much about it. Yeah, I didn't know too much going in either. And then I watched the first episode and I said, oh, shit, it's kind of wild. It's like some dude or some husband, I should say. It's uh, he's uh, f- he's being filmed and he it posted on some dark video website or whatever it is. And, you know, he's got signs that says I'm an abuser. I'm a I'm a cheater or whatever it is. And then he has it's it's like once this video gets to five million views, he's he's going to die so they have to find out where this guy is how did he uh, like well how did he get there and what's the whole backstory and they're asking questions to the wife and the sister and all this so it's an interesting story but um also um uh, what did i just watch um you that's the show you I, have oh, you yeah. seen you mm-hmm. yeah uh, i mean i'll probably do a rewatch because season three comes out next month right yeah 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 so, so i'll probably I'm, do I'm a like rewatch behind. What uh? Where are you now? Second, uh, actually, I'm on the. Just started the second season. That's what it okay. is. What did you think of the first season? 
first season no, was no spoilers cause... yeah no spoilers it was weird for me because i was watching this people were talking about it forever and then one day i decided to watch you and then i got it was like an on and off thing you ever had a show where you just tried to you thought you oh, could yeah. binge watch it, but then you're like, I don't know if I actually want to keep watching. But then you watch another a fifth episode and you realize, oh, OK, it's interesting. And then, like, I stopped at episode six for like months and then never just never went back. <laughs> so I, then I decided to pick it back up and say, all right, let me let me finish this season at least. So I enjoyed it, but um, it, it's it's weird. I don't know how to explain I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's just the, the concept of a, a stalker <laughs> and how how weirdly integrated he tries to get into uh, the woman's life. But, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, first season, I think, was just intriguing. But you kind of wait for that hook and the hook never quite gets there. Yeah, that's um, I mean. but it definitely takes the next step in season two. Um you know, it, it's a show I watch. My wife watches it, so I'm going to watch it um, type show. It's not mm-hmm. a bad show. I It feels like one of those shows with the possibility to get really dumb as we get later yeah. in the seasons. So I'm curious. to see. The ending of season two was interesting. It's like, okay, okay it's not quite where I th- thought it was going, but, you know, I, I'm still in. So, I mean, that that's uh, more than I can say for most shows um so yeah that's not a bad recommendation um or bad watch i should say yeah um but you you mentioned like thinking you can binge a show and then not really being into it i tried that with stranger things Um, okay i tried binging stranger things i got through like five or six episodes of the first season this was when it first came out and i was like i i just don't like this stopped it for months and then it really I think season two came out and it really started blowing up. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll try to keep watching it. So I just continue. I didn't want to watch episodes one through six again. So I just picked up with episode seven, watched seven and eight. I was like, this is terrible. And I haven't (laughs) gone back since I just, I think it's a dumb show. Just, Oh man. (laughs) I think it's one of the most overrated shows out there. So. Hey, we, we all we're entitled to that opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what this podcast is about is opinion. So um but yeah oh well i you, guess as you're getting what else are you watching yeah what are yeah, you watching yeah, I guess, <laughs> so i am still watching ted lasso that's still I, I believe the season finale is this coming friday i don't know if there's 10 so this coming friday's episode 10 of season two i don't know if there's 10 or 12 episodes in season two so we're getting towards the end of season two uh but i'm still watching that and then i just started succession on hbo max uh okay. which season three of is of that is coming out in i believe november uh i got through two episodes and i was like yeah, this is pretty good <laughs> like I, i'm hooked and i really wanted to find that show where it, it's kind of like a week weekly release and then everyone goes to twitter to talk about it because yeah th- that's happened from time to time we haven't gotten it really since game of thrones uh but it was like the walking dead for a while um and then you know, it was Game of Thrones, and that's kind of what we've left off with since Game of Thrones ended. It seemed like there was a vacancy, and there were some shows, but nothing with quite the um, lasting impression on social media like those two were, uh, which obviously those two are very rare to do. That's why, you know, they held the market they did for so long. Um but it feels like succession succession could be one of those shows 
Um, so I wanted to get caught up by the time season three comes out. So that way, if it, you know, if I was right, if I called my shot, then I could be involved with what's going on. But I highly recommend it. It's it's very good. Um, what is uh, is it still running? Is that is that show still on? What succession? Yeah, yeah. Season three comes out. Uh, oh, okay, in I think it's November. Um, so yeah, it's right around the corner. But through two episodes, I was like, damn, this is really good. Even I mean, episode one was like, okay, all right, cool. And then yeah. you know, as you get on. So basically the premise is uh, like the, this, this guy has this massive uh, company and, and he's older. His son's about to, you know, take over a CEO, but then uh, the dad kind of gets second thoughts, decides to stay in charge despite the fact that he's like 85 or whatever. Um, and then the dad gets sick and basically all of his children. So he has four children in, in total, they all kind of like plot to take over the company or like do what they want with the company. And, and so it's very like conniving and yeah, it, but it's not in like a political way. It, it's more just, it is kind of like that, that sneaky conniving. Everyone has like uh, skeletons in their closet type deal. So okay. it, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. So that, that's what I'm watching right now. Probably uh, binge that pretty quickly. Cause I, I watched four episodes yesterday. So I was like, this is pretty good and they're hour long so it's not just like oh i watch four 20 minute episodes i'm a yeah. <laughs> like, no i i binge i like it a lot so that's what i'm watching right now I'm, i need to watch sopranos but yeah su- succession is gonna take priority for the time being classic show right there also euphoria speaking of hbo shows that's a really good show too i watched that and then it, it was just like it wasn't the vibe at the moment. I, I'm picky with shows. Yeah, like, I, you it, honestly have to be. It's that mo- it's that show where you do have to be in the mood for it. Because I, yeah. t- I'm telling you, like I, as much as I enjoyed it, I do not like try to. <laughs> I, I haven't binge watched that at all. I watch an episode maybe once a week. Right. I treat it like an actual show because I can't take all that, take all that shit that happens in the show too is like intense. So I can't watch that in one sitting. Yeah, the last episode I watched was like uh, she dressed up like a cat, and the guy was asking him to make fun of or asking her to make. <laughs> fun of him and i was just like yeah i can't do this right now <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it's like it's that type of show yeah yeah so gotta be in the mood for it for sure I, I will watch a show eventually um i watched white lotus a couple weeks back that was okay. uh i mean that's just like a limited series it was okay I, I thought it was gonna be better than it was but um it was okay and then uh, I, I thought i was watching something else but i can't remember but yeah that's basically where i'm at i'm weird with shows it, it's rare that i actually get into shows so the fact that i actually started started i can't say that word succession yeah uh is you know pretty telling of how much i wanted to watch it so that was talking tv so let's get back into movies uh weekend box office just really quick chong chi one again uh came in with uh looks like 21 just over 21 and a half uh this weekend uh bringing its total to 306 million dollars worldwide so definitely good news slowly trickling in i mean if it can make you know 20 million a week for the for the next several weeks then you know we're talking four possibly even five uh it was just announced it's going to go on disney plus uh november 12th which i think will probably hurt it because the people that you know have waited already till October to see it. They're going to just be like, I'm going to wait another month and I'll watch it for free. And plus October is a stacked month. So I think 
it's not necessarily that that would hurt it, but that that's going to affect it. Um, so it'll probably rest somewhere around 400 million, which is still solid. And uh, it is the performance that kind of saved the box office, uh, especially for the fall season. So good job, Shang-Chi and to uh, everyone for still supporting the movie. That, that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, so back to movies. We're going to talk trailers, obviously, with trailer talk. Um, we're going to start off with West Side Story, which West Side. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a remake. It's uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. So obviously he directs something people will watch. Uh, he's obviously he, he can do whatever he wants at this point. I don't yeah, think that, that, that's a surprise. So the fact that he decided to do a remake of this, very surprising. Uh, you would expect it not to be a shot for shot remake, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen West Side Story since uh, it was 2011 when I was in film study in high school. Like that's oh, the last okay. time I watched it. So I, I can't, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert. I don't know that we'll review it. Uh, it's possible if we wanted to get into like a, a musical dis- discussion, I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but it just depends how the schedule lines up. Um, but directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Ansel Elgort, Rachel Ziegler comes out in December. Uh, what do you think of the trailer? Um, I think it looks like another Steven Spielberg classic, even though this movie is already a classic itself. But um, I mean, I'm not opposed to musicals. I don't watch a lot of musicals, but um, as a, you know, as a as somebody who's been in, in theater in like middle school and stuff, you would think I'd probably be like enamored by this kind of thing. But I'm not. So <laughs> I, I, I was looking forward to seeing Ansel Elgort and, and more stuff, although I know he's been in some some weird controversial things, but. I'm I'm kind of glad to see him back on the big screen too. So, I'm look. I'm, I'll definitely check it out though, because like I said, I'm a I'm a Spielberg fan, and I do like some musicals. So I'll give it a chance. What was going on with Ansel Elgort? I remember oh, it was like um, it was some underage uh, relationship type. Thing. That's right. Yeah, like he was Snapchatting some girl who was underage, and I think at the time he might have been a couple years, like maybe 17, 18, or whatever it was. Regardless, it was underage, and then they they thought there was proof but there really didn't seem like there was solid proof but you know how when things start building up it looks like and it paints things differently so we don't really know but it looks like he might it'll be weird to see the promo for this like is he going to come out and talk about the movie because i don't know like uh what's his name army hammer (laughs) yeah that was that's who i thought it was it was like was Ansel Elgort the cannibal like i couldn't remember (laughs) yeah that's going to be weird too so (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't think he'll be on the on the the press junket, but I think Ansel will. Uh, I would think he would be out there. Maybe they just pro- promote the hell out of uh, Rachel Ziegler and kind of give her. The yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If the thing, if behind the scenes, like everything is clear, and we then we we might see Ansel out there. Yeah, I don't really have much to say on this. It looks like, like you said, a Spielberg movie. Uh, so it'll probably it'll probably have a high floor. Yeah, as far as rating, like it's not going to be a bad movie, but I don't we talked about this like it's rare remakes are better than the original the originals are classics for a reason mm-hmm. uh typically if you see a remake like I'll, i'm always going to go to star is born because that's one of my favorites and they've made, remade it four different times um right. and but none of those ones were necessarily classics they had I, the third edition i believe had um oh god barbara streisand yes thank you uh barbara streisand which obviously a huge name different generation but a huge name but it wasn't necessarily a classic and Mm -hmm. plus the 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 newest remake was in kind of production hell for a while like 
I think at one point Will Smith was involved. I think one point Jennifer Lopez was involved. Yeah, it was like uh, Will Smith and J-Lo were attached. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> and then it ended up with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which was phenomenal. But it just goes to show you the fact that they were, you know, kind of toying with the, the idea of the remake forever. Yeah. And then Bradley Cooper's like, oh, just fuck it. Give it to me. I'm going to direct it, star in the shit and make mm-hmm. it awesome. Like, I mean, you can't really do that with a classic. Like with a classic, you kind of need to commit. Right. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you got to commit, you got to do it well, and, and it needs to be a concerted effort. Um, so, yeah, that, the movie fact right that Spielberg's doing it, probably a good, good sign. But what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say uh, that movie right there. Like I, I, I know we talked about musicals. I think that's probably in my top five movies that involve or incorporate music. in. Right. And, where music's like a central. Yeah, exactly. Theme. That might be in my top five. If I, had to uh, make one. I mean, that's number one for me yeah like not it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time like it, it's just yeah it's a really good movie it, it's fun i i can only watch it at <laughs> certain times so it's depressing as fuck but <laughs> yeah. it is it's one of my favorites all right next trailer <laughs> talked about this not too long ago but it's finch uh directed by miguel sapachnik so big name director again uh starring tom hanks and uh you'll never you never would have guessed it but he's a old white guy in this um <laughs> Also, starring, also starring yeah yeah he's a, he's a lone white guy in this who, who would have thought never seen that from tom hanks before uh starring caleb landry jones and laura martinez cunningham as well will be on apple tv plus november 5th uh vibes of the martian of interstellar and um yeah i was getting kind that. of Castaway. yeah it was bit. cast away martian i was thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah uh because like he kind of he befriend, befriends a dog in this and uh creates a robot that like obeys commands and so like wally too yeah so it was just we like it none of these tom hanks movies are bad but no. it's the same thing over and over. Put Tom Hanks in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, he I should be. I don't know I don't, what he would I don't be. know what it would be. <laughs> but put Tom Hanks, make him fucking Norman Osborn for all I care. Oh, sure, like, sure. <laughs> get him in something different from an old lone white guy. Yeah, wasn't his movie on uh, Apple TV also where he was New- just by himself with a girl too? Wasn't it uh, News or News of yeah, the World some, or something? something. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. <laughs> I didn't see it, but yeah, that uh, that was similar. And then before that, you got the uh, uh, not Mister Jones, Mister Rogers, friend, friendly oh, yeah, neighborhood, yeah. something like that. Yeah, your friend like in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> yeah, your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. I don't yeah. remember what the title. Yeah, was. Norman Osborn. There you go. There's your connection. <laughs> um, and then you, I mean, you can go back and with uh, not flight. What's the one? Sully, oh, Sully, like and uh, um, Captain Phillips, and I mean, Bridge of Spies. Like it, it, it's all the same role, my guy. It's just hey, he makes it. Work. It's like you know, you just it, got your, it works. You and he's good, point. but like <laughs> yeah. at this point, though, he's he literally typecasting he himself. Yeah, exactly. Like I was going to say, at this point in his career, I feel like he should start doing something completely different at this Get point. Fucking you're, you're Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a movie we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Denzel's going back to theater. Yeah, like he he's done his action movies and, and shit like that. He's going back to theater because it's something he likes. Maybe Tom Hanks likes making these solo uh, white boomer films, but <laughs> like yeah. you would think you at least you know step out of the box once. But he has found his like like people get typecasted in order to make it in Hollywood. 
right? Yeah. You you have to accept these roles. And once you've established yourself, then you can kind of at least try to branch out. Tom Hanks is like fucking Benjamin Button this and like <laughs> established himself as a dominant actor in Hollywood. And now he's typecasting himself to stay in Hollywood. I, no, it, I mean, like, no, you're yeah. you're Tom Hanks. So like, you don't need to stay should, in Hollywood. He should or, go back to uh, when he started on his career uh, making comedy movies. I think he story. should be. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he used to be in a lot of comedy films before he really blew up. And then I think he should probably go back to where he started and make some comedy films because I haven't seen Tom in a funny movie in a long time. Or he could be or he could turn into Liam Neeson at this point (laughs) and start making Taken 5. I mean, I'm still waiting on the latest uh, Angels and Demons movie. uh, Oh, that's right. With uh, what's his name? Robert Langdon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so almost they, they did angels and demons they did yeah. the da vinci code they did inferno which inferno wasn't very good but there's yeah. another i think it's like the lost key or something so there's more dan i think that's Brown actually books. a show now <laughs> oh is there i think i think that part's being turned into a show on like peacock or something gotcha yeah but yeah you're right i did like i, I love the, the first one the da vinci code oh yeah even angels and demons was pretty good too i have to watch that one again but yeah inferno you're right it wasn't that good no it wasn't good but yeah, there's a Tom Hanks white movie coming out right on cue. <laughs> All right. Uh, Starting a movie with his son, Chet. No, God. <laughs> it can be all about how Tom Hanks was one of the first people to get COVID. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the scariest thing in the world. Tom yeah, Hanks like, oh and God, Rhea Wilson were like, you know, they got COVID and I was right at the beginning of the pandemic. They're like, oh, fuck, Tom Hanks is dying. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm surprised we don't already have a movie about Tom Hanks and COVID yet. Like it, it seems right in key. And then obviously you can kind of filter in chat being uh, the way chat is as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. Next movie, American underdog. This is directed by John or Andrew and John Irwin. Uh, it's going to star Zachary Levi as Kurt Warner. Also starring Anna Paquin and Dennis Quaid in theaters, December 25th. Uh, for those that don't know the Kurt Warner story or even who Kurt, Kurt Warner is, uh, he was a quarterback in the NFL for, uh, you know, for a while, made it to two Super Bowls. Uh, did they win? Yeah, they won. Yeah. Yeah. They, they He won with the Rams and that's what the story is about. But his uh, story to making to the NFL is actually really good. Like it is kind of that movie, movie story story in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that they're making it a movie. It's definitely going to be faith-based and, and that's fine. I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing, but it is going to be one of those movies that, you know, incorporates faith often throughout the movie. So uh, that is kind of a, it does kind of change the vibe a little bit. Again, not a bad thing, but you you see that from the trailer for, for sure. Um, Zachary Levi, he looks like a, what a young court, Kurt Warner did. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the pre-production shots were really funny. It looked really weird. But the, the trailer didn't look too bad. It kind of it felt like a kind of a throwback sports movie. But uh, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, um, my dad is a St. Louis Rams fan. Was a St. Louis Rams fan since they don't exist anymore. But um, <laughs> so I kind of knew and was familiar with Kurt Warner, and I like sort of inherited inherited the fandom. But um, I also didn't even really know his his story. So this is when I see the movie, uh, everything will be fairly new to me. Besides him being on that team. But I thought it looked good. And, you know, typical inspirational sports movies. And I feel like every single one that I've seen, at least, have always been enjoyable. So I don't think this one 
hopefully this one doesn't do too bad. And yeah, that, there's not a lot for me to say because I don't really know about, like I said, I didn't know the story, but uh, definitely know the guy. But I uh, look forward to seeing how how good it'll turn out or how bad it'll turn out. I don't see a lot of faith films, actually. So I should say that, too. There's not a lot of faith inspirational movies I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like, oh, that's a good one or that's a bad one or anything like that. How about you? Have you seen any uh, inspirational faith based films? Um, there's that one. I believe it's even by the same studio. Uh, I think it's called I Still Believe. Oh, uh, yeah. OK. I um, I, di- I didn't see it. I know it didn't get great reviews, but I can't speak on it because I didn't see it. So, right. uh, you know, I'm never going to be uh, uh, a sheep when it comes to reviews, mm-hmm. uh, if you couldn't tell by last week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't speak on it, but th- that that was the first one that came to mind. But Yeah, that was that's right. I was trying to think of what that one was called, but yeah, there you go. You named it for me. Yeah. Also, I think kind of a musical too, similar to what A Star is Born is, so. Uh, they're, uh, they're the Christian, the star is born. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it's Jesus this time. That when, that's the star that's born. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that, that was pretty well done. That was pretty well done. Thanks. And I, like, there, what are you gonna say? You, Jesus isn't a star. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you mean? <laughs> All right. Next movie, passing. Uh, this is Rebecca Hall's directorial debut stars Tessa Thompson. Um, this will be it's an A24 film and it's going to be um, on uh, Netflix. I was going to say uh, A24, but no, A24 is a studio. It will be on Netflix November 10th. I almost interrupted you to say A24, but then I was like, wait, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Rebecca Hall's the, directorial debut on netflix november 10th um the description passing follows the unexpected reunion of two high school friends whose renewed acquaintance acquaintance ignites a mutual obsession that threatens both of their carefully constructed realities lesbian (laughs) did you get that vibe or am i completely off (laughs) <laughs> at first well i would think it was towards the end of the trailer where i was like wait is is this going in the lesbian route but uh yeah you're not the only one yeah which uh tessa thompson is a part of the lgbt oh, yeah, right, community too. so you know I, that that was not me making fun that yeah. was me asking fox saying am i you know lesbian uh, <laughs> and it, no i'm not <laughs> am i an idiot or was that like what this movie's about no that you're not alone that that was me asking for confirmation uh a24 you know pumps out hits these kind of uh under the radar movies that maybe don't have high expectations but always seem to do well the fact that this is on netflix is kind of a seeming like a new era for a24 which by the way i'm pretty sure apple bought a24 so maybe this Mm. uh slipped in uh, under the radar but or maybe that those are just talks that hasn't been finalized yet so a24 does seem to be shifting to a streaming platform which is my point um but they have put out a a ton of great movies in theaters as well um you know hereditary and midsummer both a24 films among many others but aside from lesbian what else did you (laughs) think of the trailer i thought it was apparently this is based on a novel but just the idea of of 
discussing the how you can be white passing as a black person i think that's just an interesting concept that i haven't it's really a black seen. and white film too yeah and it's a black and white film too yeah. so it matches the content of the movie and i think that's a really interesting idea to make a movie uh on so yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see how they explore this that concept of being white passing and how the husband is if, if if the husband ever finds out that his husband i mean her wife is his wife is not uh not really white so uh, i haven't heard anything about the novel so yeah. also what's it called uh ruth ruth nega who plays the white passing uh woman she's she was really good in loving with joel edgerton so she's one of those character actors and i look forward to seeing her performance gotcha. yeah i haven't seen that yet i'll have to give that a watch um yeah i mean i don't really have much to say on it it's on netflix so I'm sure I'll give it a watch because it is a 24 and you know, that they have the track record. So that definitely counts for something. So that comes out November 10th on Netflix. Uh, last movie for trailer talk is the tragedy of Macbeth. I referred to it earlier with Denzel Washington also starring Francis McDormand. Uh, so, you know, star studded, you know, cast already uh, directed mm-hmm. by Joel, Joel Cohen. If you needed any more, uh, you know, star studded, uh, people associated with this uh it's going to be in theaters december 25th so christmas day and uh, a couple weeks later it'll be uh on apple tv january 14th so it definitely seems like apple tv is trying to step up their uh their game using some of that ted lasso money to uh, (laughs) invest in other projects which i definitely need to because ted lasso is really the only thing worth watching on that platform uh as it stands but uh tragedy of Macbeth. i mean for it's it's the it's the play so a scottish lord becomes uh, convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of scotland and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power um so this is what i said earlier uh with denzel kind of getting back to his theater roots um joel cohen doing this is yeah without his brother too right a, a big deal um obviously i, I don't i don't think i needed to say it but just for uh the the sake of being thorough william shakespeare uh, wrote the original one so if you didn't know the vibe or anything like that you know that's what we're getting um we didn't get much from the trailer it was also a black and white trailer for for what it's worth um didn't get much from the trailer it seemed more of like a teaser but that that's kind of fine because most people who are going to want to watch this movie know the story and kind of know the Shakespeare and have that Shakespearean fandom already. So you don't have to do a ton of promotion. Um, plus, like I said, Denzel and Francis McDormand are huge stars. So that that's really all the promotion you need. But what did you think of uh, what we saw in the trailer? Yeah, very brief, you know, teaser trailer. Uh, I know I mentioned before that, you know, uh, was a theater. I was in theater in like seventh, sixth, uh, seventh, eighth grade. So and my first my first role, my first big role was actually Mick, Mick Beth. So I think Denzel has some pretty big shoes to fill. <laughs> I think Denzel has some pretty big shoes to fill coming after me because it's, it's tough. You got Shakespeare, you got Orson Welles playing Macbeth, and then you got me playing. Yeah, Fox. <laughs> so it's like, how do you how do you top those three performances? It's like the Joker. You have Cesar Romero and you have uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. And then you have me, who's like the Heath Ledger of of, of the Macbeths. So it's, it's it's tough, but it's nice to have, you know, Denzel be a, a, a successor. 
and it's nice to be the predecessor of, of such a great role. But I, I'm sure Denzel will kill it um, like he always does. But yeah, you know, I'm, it's, it's nice to pass the torch down. So I'm excited. I was going to make a joke there, but uh, I'll, I'll just let it slide. No, go ahead. What's the, what's, <laughs> no, 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 because I'm going to piss someone off. Not you, not even you. Like it, it was just a joke. I'll, I'll have to text with you later. But oh, also, uh, but oh, yeah, do that for sure. But also uh, <laughs> Mc, for Macbeth, we didn't even call. I was actually I was seriously a uh, uh, Macbeth and uh, Hayfield for seventh grade, but we didn't call it Macbeth. We called it Mbeth because in theater, there's like historical superstition to it. And there was actually been like injuries and accidents and, and even deaths surrounding the production of of Macbeth. So it's 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 really weird in that aspect. Also, Hereditary, <laughs> the director uh, said Macbeth on on the production set, and Alex Wolf was like, "Hey, man, don't don't say don't say that word. We you, you got you, you know it's bad luck." And Ari was like, "Man, shut the fuck up!" And you know what you're talking about. And then he just said Macbeth. And then the following scene, a light popped during during one of the shoots. So it's like, well, there you go. Just now you know you you know not to say bad luck words in theater or bad luck words anywhere really so why the fuck are you saying it on our podcast no it's if you do if you film it like if you're on production and you're filming then what if you say it five times in a mirror uh a white man in a powder wig will show up. <laughs> all right so tom hanks is gonna be right behind me yeah, right tom back is- <laughs> well son <laughs> oh man um yeah i don't know that i'll watch it I'm sure you will, because uh, yeah. you got to see how Denzel uh, fills your shoes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it, yeah, that'll be on uh, or in theaters December 25th on Apple TV, uh, January 14th. So I assume Apple TV Plus is what you have to pay for. Apple TV is free. So they're saying it's going to be free. Yeah, I was like, where the fuck uh, does Plus come from? <laughs> so right, very confusing with how they decide to do it. It's kind of like what Peacock does where... Some stuff is free, some t- stuff is paid for. But on Apple TV, uh, it has the worst user um, interface interface of all. Like, because they have a ton of stuff on there, and you're like, oh shit! Like, there's good stuff on there. You click on it, it's like, oh, rent for twenty dollars. I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Damn. Oh, that's like Amazon Prime. Yeah, at least Prime's getting somewhat better because they have like different categories, uh, like what's free to watch and you know, free with Prime that's and shit true. like that. Um, and if you search, then you get kind of get everything. But with uh, Apple TV, it's like, oh, you'll get promoted everything. And like it was like recent stuff, too. So I like clicked on it. It was like because I think Green Knight was on there. I still haven't watched Green Knight. So it's like, oh, shit, okay. Green Knight's already on uh, Apple. And at the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was like, oh, well, Apple bought a 24. So maybe it's already on there. So I clicked on it. It was 20 bucks. I was like, fuck, like some bullshit. <laughs> so I, I guess this is going to be free. So I don't know if that's an indictment on the the movie or yeah. if they just don't think many people will buy it not necessarily because it's not good but because of the demand per se uh, yeah. so something to watch but speaking of something to watch let's get into our movie review this week we reviewed cop shop this has a 6.6 on imdb it has an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes which i was very surprised by and the 74 percent audience score uh, this stars Gerard Butler, um, Frank Grillo, and um, Alexis Louder. It, Toby Huss is in there as well. Uh, you've probably seen him in some stuff, but it's really those main three with Frank Grillo, Gerard Butler, and Alexis Louder. Which, by the way, she gave you kind of a sort of shout out on Twitter. Saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. That That's cool. right. 
but this movie, on the run from a lethal assassin, a wily con artist devises a scheme to hide out inside a small town police station. But when the hitman turns up at the precinct, an unsuspecting rookie cop finds herself caught in the crosshairs. Directed by Joel Carnahan. Um, like I said, 6.6 on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 74% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so for me, this was a really good pivot, in my opinion. Um, not that, you know, Card Counter wouldn't have been a good movie to, to watch or whatever, but yeah. we, we, we had two very, like, long weeks, in my opinion. Like, yeah. with Shang-Chi, there was just obviously so much to talk about, so uh, many implications and whatnot. And Malignant was so divisive. It was just like, you know, you kind of needed to come ready to discuss it because... yeah. Otherwise, it just would have gotten too subjective, even though all movie reviews are subjective. Uh, like you, you kind of needed to, to back your stuff up. Whereas this is just like, you know, this is your your typical. Oh, it, it's on TV. Haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. I remember it coming out. Never saw it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do other shit in the meantime, but I'll, I'll yeah. generally pay attention to it. And that's what it felt like in these yeah. movies are some of the the best sometimes because you don't always want to watch the you know sit down pay attention for two and a half hours and like reflect on it for for days (laughs) and weeks after like that can't sometimes you just need a mental break and kind of just like escape into a movie or or just like have it on as background noise and that's no disrespect to the movie but some of these movies like you don't need to necessarily follow every little detail with what's going on like this one there, there wasn't really many twists and turns. Like, I guess you could say there's like one sort of twist, but yeah. you, you could also, if you didn't necessarily see the twist or see the lead up to the twist, you, you didn't necessarily miss anything either. So yeah. this generally was uh, j- just one of those movies that is just easy to watch. You can like you, check, yeah, like check your mind at the door. Right, exactly. You know, you can, uh, um, you know, you get your, your doses of comedy, you get your doses of action. You know, it's well, like an hour and 40 minutes uh, of just mm-hmm. hour 47 runtime. Uh, so hour 40, hour 50 minutes of just like, you know, just enjoying like what's on TV and not having yeah. to to think too much about it or whatever. Like it, it's one of those movies that you're never going to feel like you wasted your time. Like people feel like that about Marvel movies sometimes. It's like, oh, well, that, yeah. that was just the same shit over and over again. I, I disagree, but um which by the way we didn't really mention uh denny's comments we can talk about that at the end if you want but um you know this is something you're you're never going to feel like you you wasted your time with uh i thought alexis louder and you had the same uh same point like this is really her movie i was kind of surprised how little it felt like gerard butler was yeah (laughs) like this gerard butler has done these movies he's done you know the uh, Olympus has fallen, London has fallen. Uh, what was the night has fallen and or Angel has fallen? I think Angel. now he's doing Night has fallen. Uh, so he's done those. He did, um, what's the kind of rom com one where he's a bounty hunter? Uh, um, I think it was called Bounty Hunter. <laughs> was it called Bounty Hunter? So, like, I swear, I think it is, but yeah. so like he, he's done these kind of action movies with doses of comedy, or you know, in Bounty Hunter's case, like an action comedy. And yeah. whatnot. So it, it definitely seemed like this was him. He he's the 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 face on the movie poster or like the 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 still on the trailer. It's like him in the blue light 
um, you know, with the gun. So you're like, okay, you know, Gerard Butler does these fairly well. So it's, you know, it is what it is. And Frank Grillo kind of has that, uh, you know, uh, uh, he does action very well. He's in a couple of action uh, movies and series that I really like, but uh, you know, I thought he felt really well fit really well into this, but again, like Alexis louder, like she, she kind of steals the show. Like she holds her own. Um, I wish we got a little bit more comedy from her. Um, I think that was the one thing I was really missing because it felt like it was an action, but it wanted to be comedic, but it wasn't an action comedy. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like and it's also because the comedy, I think is just like really dark. <laughs> yeah. So it is very dark, but at the same time with something like, um, like I can't, I couldn't help but think of the other guys, uh, which is, is more like a comedy action. Um, yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of going the other direction, but like that has dark comedy too. And but it, it's a comedy first. And it felt like this movie, it was like, okay, we're going to do an action movie. Oh, but let's make it kind of funny, but it didn't quite get there. Like it had some funny moments, but it didn't quite get there. But overall it's, it's a fine movie. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time, like nitpicking every little detail. It's a movie. I, I'll probably remember. I'll forget about for a while and then remember once and be like, Oh, if it's on, I'll watch it. And it'll probably be on streaming somewhere. So I'm like, ah, I have shit to do. So I'll, I'll throw it on in the background. Uh, for me, I just gave it a 63 out of a hundred, you know, no, I, I think that, that that's a fine movie score. And for something of this type and genre, I, I think that's pretty standard. If that makes sense. You're not watching it for like the critically, uh, the critical acclaim or anything like that it's just it's a solid movie that you're not going to regret watching so 63 out of 100 for me yeah nice uh it's definitely i don't know if you saw a trailer before did you see a trailer before watching this movie uh i feel like (laughs) i did because i when you you so you suggested the pivot and when you suggested it i was like oh yeah i remember uh you know this movie coming out so i I definitely did but i didn't remember the trailer before watching it yeah, I, I definitely did not see a trailer. I just remember I might have seen like a small glimpse of Gerard like being handcuffed in the jail cell, but that was about it. So I had no expectations whatsoever. And uh, I didn't even know Joe Carnahan directed this until I saw the credits. I was like, oh, shit, Joe directed this. So I kind of felt like that was like my inkling of, OK, I know it's going to be a good time, at least. Uh, I didn't know Frank Grillo was in it either. So it was another surprise. So everything was like a surprise to me just because I haven't looked up anything. I didn't see a trailer. And I think sometimes it like helps out if you for some movies, you might be able to get away with not seeing a single promo ad or a single trailer for. And I think everybody should like take that chance sometimes or at least just look up and see if it's worth it. Like look up the numbers of IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and be like, oh, OK, yeah, I might I'll check this out and don't watch anything prior. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a Gerard Butler movie. Definitely not. It's an Alexis Louder movie and she definitely crushes it. I look forward to seeing her in more action movies or even movies in general. She's probably somebody you'll see very soon in more movies. Uh, when it started, it got like this nine, er, uh, like underrated 90s, early 2000s movies vibe. So mm-hmm. almost like what you were saying, like those that type of movie where you turn on and you do whatever you want to do or whatever and not pay too much attention to it. That's instantly what I felt when I it's just from the credits and cop shop popping up on the screen alone. So it's like that B movie type of feel. 
Um, it's also got a retro 70s, 80s vibe, too, <laughs> which was interesting. And I think you could call this a neo-Western. Would you would you would you classify that under classify this movie under neo-Western? Because I think it had those uh, elements. Loosely. That, that. Yeah, like loosely, I would say. But yeah. you, it's definitely something you could you could get a vibe of like yeah. the or of nest of neo-Western is definitely. Yeah, like if you were like if the argument you were to make for it being a neo-western is like oh has western elements but in a new way that's quite literally the definition of neo-western so (laughs) yeah yeah, like it it is loosely but not in the same vein like i mentioned last week of you know hell or high water or uh wind river or anything like that yeah that's yeah but you could definitely and i think the only thing that really carries it as a western is the six shooter revolvers that are heavily used in the movie yeah it's like another it's like a side character sort of so to speak but yeah it's not a this movie is not complex at all it's straightforward it's pretty simple i mean there might be like some plot points where you're like wait what like why did what was really the purpose behind this or something like (laughs) that but it you know it's it doesn't bother you it doesn't take away from the overall quality of the movie i think beginning might be a little slow but it it definitely picks up yeah and it definitely picks up though in the second half and that's where i was like okay this is where joe carnahan is really going to show off what he's what he's known for because i think if if you haven't heard of his his work it's like smoking aces uh narc the gray, the gray. Which, yeah the gray which is like kind of opposite of <laughs> of smoking aces too. yeah oh yeah the a-team but yeah so it's really he does stylish action film not like the highest of quality but a really good time in the theater this also reminded me of um assault on precinct 13 uh, yeah it reminded me of that too but whereas yeah so th- that that's a good one like it was this assault on precinct th- precinct 13 mm-hmm. but it was kind of a lighter a lighter tone with darker humor yeah you're right exactly so and there's also two versions of assault on precinct 13 yeah. so there's like 2005 remake with i saw the ethan Third. hawk one yeah and then the the 1976 the ethan hawk right yeah ethan hawk and lawrence yeah. fishburne yeah okay. So uh, in the seven the seventy six version, which is probably what the inspiration is, and not and not the two thousand five version, so it makes sense why there's that retro vibe to it. But uh, I was also getting like Tarantino esque vibes too, just because of how everything was like dialogue driven and conversation driven, kind of mm-hmm. like hateful eight. Because like I like we said, it I takes like place. That. Yeah, it like takes place in a. Uh, in one place, the precinct, uh, the station for like 98 percent of the movie. So like the hateful eight takes place in one location for most of the time. And then there's always conversation in, in Tarantino's movies that that are intriguing and or engaging, at least. So this is I, if I had to sum it up, I would say this is Quentin Tarantino meets the nice guys meets assault on precinct 13. And I think if you like any of those elements, you might really enjoy this movie and yeah, so it's like not much to say about this. I think it's a. I think I had a lot of fun, and I would say I had a lot of fun mainly because I didn't see shit prior to the to seeing this movie. So I think that helps a little bit. So that boosted my score. It's going to be higher than yours, I'd say. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a 78. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I I have no problem giving a movie like this that high of score. Like it is. Um. I mean, subjective. Obviously, that's literally right. the point of this podcast. But like. It's it's just like taste, you know. Yeah. And, and I, this is one of those movies where it's like, like last week you really liked *Malignant*. I didn't. And yeah. I I just didn't. I didn't see your point of view on that. This I do. Like if you liked it a little bit more, that that's fine. Your score's gonna yeah. be higher. So uh, yeah, I think that's fine. 
Uh, it's I also think... uh it was also some self-awareness too uh i don't know like did you in the beginning with the with the police chief you know how he was like so like obnoxious and loud and cussing all the time yeah <laughs> it's like, okay this guy is like a, like i don't know like a tribute to some seven like yeah, the, the, the way character. they they um constructed the officers in the precinct was very throwback movie yeah. for this style where it's early 2000s you mentioned 70s like it, it was like it felt like we talked about typecasting it felt like each you had to fill that role for each officer like the 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 fat guy who <laughs> you know only wants to eat the young yeah. rookie who's eager to prove themselves you know the the disgusting guy that knows something about computers mm-hmm. the you know police chief that the loud police chief always. yeah that is loud <laughs> and like kind of crude in, in a way like it, it did feel very tight pass and then kind of the the two idiots um you know oh, that, com- yeah. that come in at the end like it, it did feel very you know okay we got to fill this role this role this role this role as far mm-hmm. as the other officers go um but yeah th- 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 i think that's fine so 78 you said for you Yep, 78. Um, okay, so we're just going to jump into spoilers. Like I said, this it, it's a very easy, straightforward movie. Um, you know, it it's a very simple plot. There's not a lot of twists and turns. Um, so it's basically all going to be spoilers. So we'll talk a little bit about the lead up, but it's mainly going to be the final act that we talk about. So mm-hmm. if you don't want it spoiled. Yeah, I suggest you not have it spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Pause here. <laughs> Look at the time code, jump ahead. We're going to do a a little uh, activity here in a little bit. Um, Okay, spoilers. Okay. Um, So, yeah, the the lead up, I I liked how I like when movies just kind of jump into it. Yeah. Get get to the point. You know, Frank Grillo is very clearly uh, trying to to get away from something. You kind of know the vibe, like he's a sleazeball. He's literally going to the cop, like trying to get arrested for protection. Um, he he punch or like hits uh, Alexis Louder's character in the back of the head. She's a cop, so she tases him and arrests him. And um, you know, it, it's stuff like like that scene was not funny, but like it it, it was entertaining. Like she's yeah. just like, ah, oh, motherfucker, like for real. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I that's kind of the vibe I wanted it to keep up, and it felt like it did shift with her character in particular, where she's really trying to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at some point I wanted her to shift to that. Okay. Once, especially once Gerard Butler's character kind of reveals himself to, to Valerie. It's like, I wanted her to, to kind of, I guess, stoop to the level in a sense, like, yeah, like loosen up, be real. Yeah. Loosen up, be real. It felt like they really tried to hammer down that eager rookie, uh vibe really hard when they didn't need to mm-hmm. um yeah because usually like main character or a character who's like so integral to it you kind of want them to have that you know charm or right. humor a little bit and you didn't really get that and that that's not uh you know alexis ladder's fault that was right. just kind of the, the way the character w- was drawn up or whatever um but yeah so that's how it opens and then he gets in, in the cell and then you see uh you don't know it's gerard butler's character but you kind of get the sense because uh, you see some shots of uh, Frank Grillo's character being followed and whatnot. Um, and so he, he <laughs> uh, 
Gerard Butler's character runs into a cop car, pretends to be drunk, gets arrested, gets thrown in the same, not the same cell, but the the same uh, lockup mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Frank Grillo's character, who he's trying to assassinate because he uh, Gerard Butler's character is a hitman. And that's really where it goes. Like Frank Grillo realizes he's, he's fucked. He, he recognizes Gerard Butler, uh, his character, and is like, oh, fuck, I literally got here so I would get away from you. And now you're here with me and whatnot. Um, and then it's just a lead up like Gerard Butler's not the only one trying to, to kill Frank Grillo's character. And you kind of get these other suspects as well. For me, one of the best parts of the scene or the uh, the movie was you know, uh, Gerard Butler explaining to Frank Grillo the difference between a psychopath and a professional. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that was really one of the best scenes. And uh, that goes to your point about like uh, the Tarantino dialogue to, um, yeah. you know, advance a plot line. Uh, because like I said, Gerard Butler was, it felt very underutilized in this. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's kind of just the nature of the movie. They're both in their respective cells for the majority of, of the time. So I think that kind of contributed to it. Um, but once, you know, it gets going, because I agree, it's a slow start, but most of these types of movies are, it is a slow yeah. start until you kind of like get the ball rolling, even though everyone knows what's coming. Like it is a slow start. Um, did you have any, you know, overall thoughts about the first half of the movie? Yeah, other than the fact that it was just slow, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, like it was really, like I was not like saying I was bored or anything, but it just right. took the time to really ramp up. And I was really in, I was definitely curious to see where it was where it was leading and where it was going, because like I said, I had no idea what to expect. So I didn't know if it was going to stay. I didn't know. I didn't even know if Gerard was a cop or not. So I so I had no, no expectations at all. But yeah, it was just, you know, typical uh like a slow start that you kind of need to just build things up and make the ending or the second half mm-hmm. uh, strong. Yeah. So basically uh, Frank Rello's character, who's Teddy Moretto in this is just kind of a, a sleaze ball. He's like a con artist. So mm-hmm. he, he's fucked over a lot of people. So he's fucked over some of these hitmen, but also some of uh, some like high up people who hire hitmen to take care of him. Um, so, so that's kind of where that falls. So once Gerard Butler isn't able to secure the contract, like the contract killer, uh, you get other uh, parties coming in. And that's where you get Toby Huss's character, who's Anthony Lamb. And he just plays a complete psychopath. And I thought once, yeah, once he gets in this, it's like, all right, this is what we need. We need a little bit of of a spark because Gerard Butler can do it. But he, he, like I said, he's very underutilized. Alexis Slatter was a little stiff. Frank Grillo, I thought was pretty good. Like there's... There, there's another line of dialogue where uh, he's talking about deja vu. Deja vu, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that shit. That, that's a funny ass line. That shit was so stupid, but it was funny. Um, but that's around the same time that Anthony Lynn or Anthony Lynn. Oh God, uh, Chargers PTSD. Anthony Lamb uh, gets there, so that's right about the same time that the movie starts uh, getting good. Um, Anthony Lamb is kind of just that he plays that psychopath that killer yeah. really well where he's just like, Oh, come on. I'm not a killer. And then shoots you right in the face. Like <laughs> yeah. it, he, he played that perfectly. You know, he said a joke in there. I don't, it probably was my favorite joke just because of its connection or how it connects to you. Did you, do you remember, do you think you can uh, think of, think uh, of what I'm no, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down deja vu in the, uh, the 
psychopath versus professional one but deja vu is a really good one but he made a tom cruise joke he was like oh you look like that you look like that tom cruise oh, in, uh, in the movie, movie nobody, nobody watches <laughs> yeah i i knew the reference and yeah i was like oh the disrespect <laughs> which which by the way yeah I, I guess they gave frank grillo long hair to uh emphasize the the sleaziness of his con artist character which yeah. you know kind of makes sense but Frank Grillo is an actor. He's always he always has that clean fade going on. He has you know yeah. one of the best haircuts in Hollywood. Uh, like and he's also fucking jacked as hell. He is jacked. He, he's been uh, <laughs> in multiple like MMA, UFC stuff. Warrior, one of my favorite movies. He's in that. Uh, he's also in um, Kingdom, which is a kind of a UFC show. Oh, yeah, uh, it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know where if it's streaming anywhere, but that he's in that. So I mean, he's shredded. So, yeah, dude is insane. But th- that just goes to my point. Like, you know, giving him long hair just doesn't match the vibe. But it, it didn't detract from it too much. Um, <laughs> you didn't really, you haven't seen much of Frank Grillo's comedic side too. So like the deja vu line was that's yeah. why it was so good because I was like, oh, does he have acting chops? Like he's a professional. He's <laughs> been in some notable stuff, even in the MCU. But like, uh, you know. That delivery was so yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, he fucking nailed that delivery. I was like, God, that, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then at the end, you kind of get the, the typical tropes. Uh, you get a fuck ton of slow motion at the end. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I was like, oh, my God. It's like every other scene is slow motion. And then in the final fight scene between Louder's character and Grillo's character, it's like it, it was slow motion. All right, real time, slow motion, real time, slow motion, yeah. real time. And then I was like, oh, the only thing that can make this more like typical is if uh, Vidic, who's Gerard Butler's character, was actually alive. And lo and behold, he's fucking alive yeah. without any real explanation. Like, dude just got hit in the face five times with an Uzi. Like, should not be alive, but magically he is. Even if he didn't have, or if he had a, a bulletproof vest on, it's like, dude is not fucking alive, but of course he is um so i I think you know my my at the end my final thoughts were like i wish we got more gerard butler um i wish we got more uh anthony lamb which is toby house's character not Mm -hmm. like too much more because his insertion into it was like oh it was it was unexpected yeah and he was a lot like (laughs) his scenes were just a lot like he's fucking licking the glass at some point (laughs) like it, it was just it was weird um but i wanted a little bit more of him just because he provided that kind of psychopathic comedy yeah um, and, and i like that that's the one thing i'd been missing um and then yeah a lot ladder's character being a little bit more loose and again it's just like of course fucking vidic survived and and we got that scene at the end where like they're both driving away and listening to the same song it's just like eh, it's kind of par for the course but overall it was a fine movie what'd you think yeah i definitely I definitely enjoyed. I don't know if I can. What has Toby Huss been in? I can't. Has he been in anything um, popular? Because I, I feel like I've seen that. him before, but I still I haven't. Seen I recognized him. him. I think he was. Uh, um, he was like a commander. Let's see if I can find it. Um, well, I, as I was saying, I was going to say that Toby Huss is like one of like the bright, uh, a bright spot in the movie. He's in I, Halloween. 
Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, okay. oh, I think Brooklyn Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine is what it yeah, was. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I reckon. Because he's like yeah. uh, one of the police. <laughs> that's right. Or something. I was like, where have I seen this man before? But yeah, he comes out there fucking swinging. Like, the, the there's like a tense moment between him and uh, uh, Alexis Louder. I was like, oh shit, this is. It was well mm-hmm. filmed too. Like the way Joe filmed that that scene was pretty intense. But yeah, I think he was great. I think. Uh, oh, did you hear about Frank Grillo uh, criticizing? there's uh his <clears throat> the edit of this movie no I in didn't, terms of his actually. character he was like yeah he was like i don't think i something along the lines of he w- didn't really want to support it because his character was multicolored or more multifaceted, and that they cut it down and that there was way more to his character which i think makes a little bit of sense because there's like a character arc or shift in the movie where you're like yeah okay, it seems happened? like he, he's kind of, you're missing something yeah there's like character. something missing in the transition so even though he killed it and i thought he was great it was you could definitely tell there was something missing now in hindsight when hearing that there was a an edit on his character and, and definitely more that he added more to it but um i guess we have to say you know release the joe carnahan cut because <laughs> that's what it <laughs> seems like is the trend these days yeah but yeah i think it's a good time at the movies i think if you like these you know b level type you know, like the brainless, mindless action movies. I think this is a good watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of my my final thoughts. I thought the the end was like kind of just like messy, but uh, yeah, if there was one thing it, I would change, yeah, I would probably say this since you said the, what you would change. I would say uh, make it a little bit shorter and uh, connect the dots in a way more in a more fluid way, and then uh, I don't know if we needed that ending. Even though it's like maybe it could be a, a hint to something, but I don't think we really need it. Yeah, I, I didn't Some even know what I was necessarily <laughs> referencing. And yeah. like uh, the the one detective coming at the end, she was about to shoot uh, Alexis Ladder's character, and then she gets shot, and that's where you find out Vidic's alive. I didn't think we needed that. Oh yeah, either. I was yeah, like, because I felt like that was muddled. It was like, what, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's like you didn't even get the background. Like with the uh, the the Greek or not the grease ball, the Huber or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the fat cop. Oh yeah. Who, who was uh, on the payroll or whatever, being blackmailed, whatever you want to call it. Like you could see that coming. And you kind of understood why, but you didn't really understand why uh, the other detective was, but they also didn't ever explain it or like why or what, yeah. I don't know. It was, only, it was, only gripe really. Yeah. It was messy, but it's like, it wasn't supposed to be this you know, amazing action movie. It, it yeah. was fine. It was yeah. a good movie. And that's kind of what uh, Joe Carnahan does. Like, uh, I watched rewatched the A Team not too long ago, and oh, I'm okay. like, I feel like this movie should have been better. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't mind the movie we got either. That's it, true. It, it, it was just kind I know of this exactly weird, weird combination, and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> like that, that's yeah. kind of how I feel with all of his movies, where it's like, I feel like all of his movies should be better, but none of his movies are disappointing. Yeah, that's that's probably the perfect way to describe his movies. Yeah, so I was, and that's kind of how I felt about this. Like, I felt like it should have been better, could have been better, but am I disappointed? Nope. So, nope. maybe call it low expectations or whatever you want. But yeah, yeah, he, he maybe it's like because it feels like a guys guys movie, right? It, it does kind of feel that way. So sixty three for me, seventy eight from Fox. Uh, wide score, but that doesn't really, you know, in uh, it's not an indictment on the movie. It's not, you know divisive or uh yeah. anything like that so yeah 63 for me 78 from fox all right we're gonna uh kind of build our own action comedy movie um in in the traditional sense like this was an action comedy but it wasn't 
so much comedy, but there was comedy like this is your traditional action comedy. So we're going to pick a director. We're going to pick a leading star and then two co-stars. Uh, it's not a draft, so that we might have overlap. Uh, I don't know if we will or won't, um, but l- let's start with the director. Who, who are you uh, picking to helm this project? Mm, see, I have like. I, I have like three in my mind, but I still didn't know which direction to go. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you case? go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm picking Adam McKay. Um, okay. We talked about him last week when we were talking about directors. Uh, he directed the other guys. Uh, so he, he nails that comedy. He can do action and kind of the uh, uh, dramatic stuff that, you know, helps uh, um, a movie like that along. But he knows how to do comedy, but he also is uh, pretty notorious for letting his actors improv, which is big for what I want to do with my film, Um, letting the actors kind of be themselves and improv and just shoot the shit and see what works. So Adam McKay is my director. Okay. Yeah, I think I would go with uh, Guy Ritchie. Another good one. Another, yeah, um, I, I was like, I felt like I should have mentioned Guy Ritchie because uh, I watched The Gentleman, which is his last movie. I really liked that one. Yeah. Snatch is a very good movie. Uh, Lockstock, very good movie. So, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Guy Ritchie. He's a, yeah, I think he's one of those guys who can handle action really well and then also throw in the comedic elements. That's a good well one, too. Especially because like uh, there's an actor I, I'm going to, I mean, there's an actor that's sort of has connections or actually two actors who have connections to Guy Ritchie that I'm going to mention later. But uh, yeah, I think he knows how to handle comedy uh, pretty well and action. So I think that's a good, I think that would be a good like starting point for me. I like that. Okay. You had to know this was coming. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, if you're I I going, if, yes, <laughs> you, you smell what I'm cooking. I think. Um, if you're going to have an action comedy, you know, your your earning potential is slightly capped just because you know comedies in general don't necessarily do all that well comparatively at the box office so you need a bankable star you need a star that's gonna drive in fans you need a star that isn't going to detract from the movie and this star absolute superstar has never detracted from anything in his life he only elevates things he he takes trash franchises like fast and furious and makes them better (laughs) and so much so that he gets his own spin-off with the 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 franchise while the mainline franchise is dying yes you know what i'm cooking you smell it the rock is my star for this movie Ah, the mineral yes (laughs) pebble (laughs) the pebble yes that's a good i mean that's definitely a good one right there but it's also he's he's been in this movie or like this style movie so much where it's like it's like oh who who would the rock pair well with and i naturally thought jason statham and maybe that's just because of the best franchise but i was like i literally can't do that because that movie's already existing so then i was like oh well we just talked about ryan reynolds not too long ago oh no that movie's coming out too like (laughs) it's like fuck (laughs) so i had to get really creative with my co-stars but i I, I want i want well i was gonna do it's funny you mentioned i was gonna do jonah hill but i was like jonah hill was literally already in 21 and 22 jump street so i can't do that either because like when i think action comedy i naturally think like buddy cop so so it's like i I couldn't really come up with an idea for the movie aside from it being buddy cop. So I wanted to steer clear of the, the tandems we'd seen to this point True. to to try to uh, not be so repetitive. So definitely wanted the rock. So I had to switch up my co-stars, but who's your star? 
Uh, I think that one's an easy guess for 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 everybody else out there too. Yep, Will Smith, Willard, Willard Smith Jr. Uh, yeah, so that's my number one. Uh, yeah, he was gonna be in my uh, consideration as well. I definitely um, considered, but, but then uh, I, I knew you were gonna take him. Yeah. So I was like, oh well, <laughs> as long as he's represented, I'm good, and I didn't yeah. want to uh, overlap. If I could help it, like obviously, if we if we have the same, it's not that big of a deal. Exactly, I was thinking but, the same thing. But uh, you know, I figured it was a pretty safe bet. You were gonna have him as as one of your your leading uh, actors or actresses. Um, so my next guy, one of my favorite actors in terms of like he, he's just always gonna be iconic to me um, and, and to a lot of people, not just to mm-hmm. me. It's not like I'm you know ha- have a hot take or a unique take here. But he he does comedy. We just haven't seen it in a long time. And that's because of the nature of the role. He was in yeah. the MCU for a long time, uh, one, in, one of the leading guys. Uh, but if you go back a little bit further, he has plenty of comedic chops and, and is has a pretty funny sense of humor. And uh, I'm excited to see him hopefully get back to that style now that, uh, you know, his time in the MCU is over. I'm picking Chris Evans. I think Chris oh, Evans okay. is jacked. So you have The Rock and Chris Evans. Yeah, uh, oh. They both have comedic chops. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of Chris Evans as the bad guy. We like kind of what we saw in Knives Out. I, yeah. I liked that. And, and, you know, you see him in like Scott Pilgrim and, um, and not another teenage movie or whatever it's called. And, and like where he is kind of more of the villain, but like a funny villain. Yeah, um, and like he can do it well. So I think I think I'm gonna pick Chris Evans specifically as my villain for this. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's like it's a pretty good idea. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of the movie he was in that was funny that I liked. Oh, I know he was funny even though it wasn't a comedy, or you could, it could be considered a comedy at this point. Uh, Fantastic Four. He was, oh yeah, that's true. His character was was pretty uh, funny in that one. But yeah, Chris Evans is a good choice. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, uh, my second one will be uh, Denzel Washington. Okay, I, like I said I've, earlier, I thought I'm I leaving here with some movie. I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm from around, I'm from around the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of the best clips. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think seeing uh, and also Denzel has been in comedy like earlier in his career, and he's you know he's I think there's a little bit of humor to his characters too throughout all of his movies. So I think he can, I think he has the chops for it. And I think him bouncing off all the uh, character, bouncing off Will and the third character I'll name after you. But uh, yeah, I think Denzel is my uh, second, second choice. That's a good one. Um, I've, I've struggled with this. Like, do I want someone that kind of matches the rock and Chris Evans? So I was Mm -hmm. toying with the idea of Channing Tatum. Because okay. I want to see Channing Tatum get back, but then again, I was like, "Oh, he well, he was in Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street, so like maybe not." Um, so then I was like, "Oh, well, who's kind of the exact opposite?" And then I fucking went to Kevin Hart, and I was like, "No, I can't do that." <laughs> like Kevin Hart's kind of been in this, so I, I was it's just trying to think, and mm-hmm. you know, didn't come up with with uh, anything I loved, so. Okay. Uh, now that I'm talking, no, why don't you do your last one? Because okay. I, I think I have an idea of, and, and all right, do your last one. Do all right. Yeah. One. So I, the third one is always like, I think was the toughest choice for me as well. It's like, how, who do I want? Do I want somebody like to contrast or do, do I want somebody like really gel with or, you know, something like that. So um, 
it was a couple of names I ran through. I thought about, you know, Ryan Gosling. I thought about, you know, throwing in a, um, Ryan Gosling uh, would have been a good one. Or anyways, continue. Uh, what's it called? Sorry. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I, I even thought about Jonah Hill, but I was like, no, nah, I needed somebody who I think had like could do the enough contrast or enough or had enough range to their to their acting ability and I think could really mesh well with these other two actors. And it's probably somebody you'd least expect or wouldn't even think of, but I'm picking Robert Downey Jr. I, I, th- I figured he would at least be in consideration. Yeah, I, I think he I think because I think he could also be a villain. And I think mm-hmm. if it's an action comedy, I think he could be a really like eccentric villain and not even typical Robert Downey Jr. I think he has that ability and uh, that talent and skill to really become a chameleon and uh, become whatever character he wants to become. And I think it'd be nice to see <laughs> him uh, banter or whatever with Denzel and Will. Yeah, I agree with that. Um so my last one, so I was going to pivot to someone, I was trying to think of comedian, because okay. um, you, you see that from time to time. I wanted to do, at first, my first thought was uh, Andy Samberg, but it's very Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I was trying to steer away from that. Um, I thought about, uh, like, Damon Wayans Jr., because I've been re-watching oh, yeah. New Girl, too, uh, <laughs> and, and he, he's funny in that, but I, I didn't want anyone who was, like, if they're on screen, they would be like stick out like a, such a sore thumb. True. Like uh, like Jay Bearshell came to mind too, and like <laughs> he would stick out like such a a, a sore thumb. Um, Michael Sarah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, another one. Uh, so I ended up. Well, now that I'm thinking, I want this to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like toy? Uh, like i'm i'm stuck, stuck between two one or i mean uh, so two i actors. thought about adam divine too but i, I think that one's out so i'm, I'm stuck okay. between bo burnham who, who was oh, kind of like okay. a, uh you know recent um hype and yeah. uh joel McHale because ah, i, I, okay. I re I watched some of community not too long ago uh but now that i think about it childish gambino would be really good in it too Oh shit, Donald! Yeah, Donald Glover. Yeah, who? who so, so you got The Rock? No, you... uh, that's it. I'm doing Donald Glover. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm okay, doing yeah. Donald Glover. That I think like a good time because, like, I can see him being a, a good counterpart to The Rock. It's like you do get the kind of that's... opposites. It, Donald Glover is going to fill that Kevin Hart role, but do it better than Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to overact like exactly less obnoxious, <laughs> right? Yeah, where he can just be like bro what the fuck like <laughs> yeah. like like kind of how he is in atlanta yeah. <laughs> like it's, to an extent like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah he's all like right. the audience connection i think yeah <laughs> yeah all right i'm feeling pretty good because joel McHale, like i was like that's kind of what i'm going for but that's not quite right but then mm-hmm. just pivot to community yeah so donald glover is how i'm gonna round it out i'm happy with that so you got the rock and uh who's uh chris evans chris evans and- yeah Donald Glover and uh, Adam McKay directing. Yeah, it'll be a buddy cop thing. But what about you? What's your your theme? Yeah, you know, I like the first thing I thought about was like, okay, everybody goes the the cop route. And it's so tough not to go the buddy cop route because that's just typical great. And that's how all the great action comedy movies are. Most of them are. But I was like, what if it was like a zombie uh, apocalypse? And I was like, uh, like, and then I thought about a, a like this almost went. I realized Zack Snyder did this, but I was like, what if it was like a heist movie? But not not not. Really I was just thinking about Army of the Dead the other day. 
But yeah, I, I think I feel like it could be another this could be a zombie land. I don't know, like uh, in that vein. But then you also have like the action from Guy Ritchie because Guy Ritchie did directed um, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. So I feel like and also Aladdin with Will Smith. So I feel like there's a connection that they could, you know, bounce off of each other. But yeah, it's really tough to think of a, a, a really original idea. But yeah, I just think of. Uh, I don't know, maybe like have Robert Downey Jr. be some like eccentric criminal mastermind and Will and Denzel are, uh, they team up, but they don't even have to be cops. They could just, I don't know, they could be war veterans. I have no idea. But yeah, in, in the middle of an uh, apocalypse of some sort. I don't know. <laughs> I could see but it. It's it's, t- it's tough, though, to make a, this is why I'm not a screenwriter, but uh, it's tough to make your own movies. But well, yeah, it is. <laughs> what? How would Robbie, uh, Robert Downey Jr. be the villain in that? Uh, I'm just trying to brainstorm. With yeah, you. yeah, I know. I know. I feel. Uh, let's see. I think Robert could, you know, Robert could have like uh, some kind of uh, key or some kind of code or some kind of really uh, valuable item. And they're trying to capture that item from him. Or maybe they could be escort. Or they could be escorting uh, Will and Denzel could be escorting um, Robert Downey Jr. Because, oh, maybe there's like a bounty after Robert Downey Jr. And they have to protect him in that aspect. But I have no idea. In terms of like apocalypse, I have a zombie apocalypse at that. I have no idea. But okay. there's a lot of okay. ideas you could throw around because Robert's been, uh, he's been, a, what's it called? He's been a, a dirty cop. He's been an d- inspector. He's been um, a guy trying to make a, a road trip back home. And he's, been- <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. So I, I was just going to bring that up. Uh, a role I really like him in that I feel like, you know, people just kind of throw throw out the window. But I love to do date. Due date's oh, one yeah. of my like favorite kind of comedies. Like it's super underrated. It, it's gotten terrible reviews, but I liked it I don't, quite a bit. Yeah, that's like you're right. That's one easily one of my favorite movies. You Which, know by the way, Jamie Foxx <laughs> would have been a great uh, oh, yeah. selection for this as well. I think so. Yeah, I think he would have to be somebody. He would have to be the 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 joker or the jokester in the movie because i can't sometimes i can't handle jamie when he's serious but uh, jamie in that donald glover role would be pretty good too i might pivot to that oh yeah that's a good yeah Yeah, i think i'm gonna pivot to that no no disrespect to donald glover i love donald glover but jamie oh yeah yeah Yeah, the the rock and jamie Jamie and uh haven't been in a movie together so i think that would be a really good yeah yep yeah yeah, i'm going with that and because he's shredded too so he can easily exactly now a buddy cop okay yeah i'm feeling good about that that's a good what were you saying what was your thought i forgot how do we get to jamie fox Oh, due date. Oh, due date. Due date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. RDJ. I was gonna say, uh, every yeah, every time uh, we talk about Chili's, I think about Danny McBride when he was like, "I got a reservation at Chili's with my boys." <laughs> <laughs> Closing time. Time <laughs> yeah. to get to Chili's. And <laughs> oh, that was such a good movie. He didn't think he was a war veteran either. <laughs> That's such oh, a good movie. movie. It is. Like, I'm gonna have to watch that. It's like. Uh, why did you put your stage name it's like it's, <laughs> ethan chase sounds much worse same fucking name like <laughs> ethan tremblay it's like why would oh you it think? was ethan tremblay so i was thinking i was trying i was wasn't sure if i was confusing myself with uh uh jacob tremblay oh yeah like, that's oh, right. that was that was his name so yeah he was like oh my name's ethan chase but i go by ethan tremblay it's like why the fuck are you going by ethan tremblay (laughs) yeah oh god shit of geeks (laughs) and he's trying to practice how to cry or try to do a a crying scene yeah it's like what are you a girl or something (laughs) god god that's a good movie that's on netflix i'm gonna have to rewatch that is it on netflix yeah but 
Uh, Speaking yeah, definitely gonna of uh, recommendations, let's get into our movie recommendations as we do to end every show. Um, we are um, just uh, for the record, we are going to do a fan voted movie for next week's show. It will be a string um, movie right now. Our uh, contenders are Cry Macho, which is on HBO Max, uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is the Nicolas Cage movie that's on Amazon Prime. So we're going to come up with two more uh, nominations, probably for Netflix, because that seems to be a popular streaming site and maybe Hulu, maybe Disney Plus. It just depends what's out there. Um, maybe Apple TV since we've may I don't know. We actually prisoners of yet. the ghost land. You actually have to rent it. So we, I don't think, uh, so right now cry macho is our only contender. So I, I would like to at least put it up to a vote in case people just really don't want or don't care about that movie, but yeah. may, maybe we do a throwback review. We haven't done a throwback. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah, we should do that. We should switch so, it up then. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do a throwback review because if cry macho gets selected, like I'll, I'll watch it and review it, but I'm not going to, necessarily watch it unless i have to yeah so yeah we'll we'll do um fox will nominate two movies i'll nominate two movies we'll cover four different streaming sites or maybe we just do netflix we'll we'll figure it out we'll we're gonna we'll yeah. iron out the details that poll will come out later this week be sure to vote on it and uh, we'll do a throwback review it'll be our first uh throwback review of something that maybe you guys have missed or haven't seen in a while and kind of want a, a breakdown on especially with all these remakes and sequels and homages yeah. coming out. Like it would be good to do a throwback for you. I'm down for that. I like that. Yep. Cool. Good idea. Um, but my movie recommendation and Fox, you're going to love this. Oh boy. I had, you know, we were talking action comedies. We did an action comedy draft. I wanted to take uh, either one of these, uh, these guys, but they, they've done it and it would be a disservice to have them, do another action comedy it, it not live up to the or potentially not live up to the hype that the originals did this we, we've talked about a play on the show fox has gone viral going <laughs> off going on th- these goddamn movies he he's rid ridden rode rode the coattails of this franchise far too long it's time we talk <laughs> about it and expose fox for the fraud he is i'm recommending rush hour uh classic all-time yes, classic uh the, the first one obviously you know do you like oh, the second yeah. one better yeah i mean i uh for a long time i've always liked the first one but as i've gotten older i, I appreciate the humor in the comedy there's a lot more humor in the second one so i mm-hmm. think i like that one more comedically but i like the first one uh just in terms of story gotcha yeah so i'm recommending the first one but definitely you know i I was going to say if you like the first one you're going to like the first one yeah watch the second and third one as well uh fourth one potentially maybe potentially hopefully maybe hopefully we don't know. maybe <laughs> um uh but yeah the first one i'm not even gonna i don't need to sell it, it, it yeah. it's awesome it's on hbo max it's worth the watch it it's the epitome of a movie that you're never gonna regret watching so rush hour is my my recommendation i give it an 85 out of 100 nice i feel like i should i should recommend rush hour too <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny uh, do it do okay, for the yeah, graphic I think, yeah i think i have to do it i would recommend you rush hour too I would, yeah i have to do it because like it'd be it would be a disgrace if i didn't but yeah oh uh, that, that's with my per- that's gonna be such a funny graphic because people are gonna be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> that's so on hbo max my, as well. yeah that's also they're all on the whole trilogy is on hbo max um i like this one so i mean like my my all my the first two i would give 
like fucking it's been so connected to my childhood i give it all above and sure under. but mm-hmm. yeah so the second one i would give uh uh oof since i'm oh okay so change right here so let me think uh <laughs> <laughs> okay I like the first one a lot i like the second one a lot too um uh okay i'm gonna give this one a 92 okay yeah i think that's all i mean that's within the same range yeah uh, as in 85 so that, that was funny I, I like how that that worked out yeah this is so, great <laughs> I, I, those are two solid solid movies Can't and it's not like like sometimes you and i give very different recommendation and it's like oh well maybe people will watch one of them but not the other because sometimes they are very different so you have to be in the mindset this is like if you watch one you're going to want to watch the other yeah you can't stop yeah (laughs) you can't stop can't stop won't stop so rush hour and rush hour two on hbo max be sure to give that a watch uh over the weekend um but like i said be on the lookout uh for our poll with what we're going to review next it is going to be a throwback review so uh definitely i mean the world is our oyster we've got plenty of movies to choose from everything's on stream yeah, nowadays selfish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um nah, that was such a dumb joke <laughs> bad, jokes. Uh, bad bad jokes <laughs> just like an action comedy you're, you're you're right right on cue um but be sure to look out for the poll follow us on twitter at major motion cast that is where it will be if you want to follow that fraud fox with all of his stolen tweets and stolen valor while he goes viral <laughs> on the coattails of another uh person's and franchise's hard work you can follow him at fox film <laughs> fanatic follow myself at nationals ace hey, hey before you go i had i did uh i did uh start getting like over a thousand a thousand likes on one tweet that's connected to another comedy that has some action and it's white chicks so there's another property i'm stealing to yeah <laughs> for, for viral content yeah fox has these references he's like okay i can use this if this scenario pops up i can use this <laughs> like fantasy the 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 song from free guy well mariah carey obviously yeah. but it was in free guy he's like i have this i've had this in the vault for years and now i can finally use it i'm gonna go fucking viral and like off this clip like this is what fox does he he prepares and you got to give him credit you know respect the hustle but he he has these clips from from all these movies where he's like you know these movies already have a following he's tapping into to a existing fan base i'm the Dwayne johnson of twitter i'm taking old bad shit and i'm turning it into good shit (laughs) or maybe worse shit depending i can't even fucking dispute that because the rock is awesome so (laughs) Yeah, except Baywatch. I don't think anybody would ever dispute that either. Eh, I thought Baywatch was fine. Eh. Yeah, you're the only person who saw it. That's why. Well, there's <laughs> a particular reason I want to watch Baywatch. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, follow the show at That's Major fair. Motion Cast. <laughs> follow That's Fox fair. at Fox Film Fanatic. Myself at Nationals Ace. Thank you for listening. This has been a Major Motion Podcast. See ya.